FM Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose. Stephen Ambrose. Well, good morning and welcome to Tech Talk right here on High FM, where we always get involved in the latest gizmos, gadgets, technologies, you name it. If you just even vaguely interested in technology, this is the show for you because it exp- I try anyway, not it, it's me, no third party. I try to explain technology in terms that pretty much anyone can get. If you don't understand, SMS me, email me, and uh, I'll try my best to make it understandable. But real bottom line is that technology is just part of everybody's everyday life. It's almost impossible to run a business, to run a house, to do anything today without connecting with technology. And 99% of everybody listening, and in fact, pretty much anyone you ever meet, has got a phone in their pocket, be it a smartphone, be it even a feature phone, or be it a simple old Nokia that simply can be used to bash your way through a forest while, you know, using the torch and the radio at the same time. A phone is just part of the sort of outfit that everyone has today. And um, the tech is just getting more and more interesting, in my opinion. A lot of people have got a dystopian view of tech. They reckon the robots are coming, AI is coming, they've been watching too many movies. But I don't believe technology will ultimately land up that way. People have always used tools. Since the day of the flint uh, hammer that our forebears used to you know, make tools and to kill animals for that matter. But whatever, the simple fact is technology are tools, and the tools are getting smarter and faster and slicker and bigger, because today we are going to be talking to a gentleman by the name of Justin Hume. He is the, um, good question, (laughs) such a silly little thing. Um, Anyway, he's the marketing director of Samsung South Africa, and Justin is going to give us some insight into the big announcements that were made last week by Samsung at their unpacked event in New York. They had a sort of simultaneous event on Women's Day in the evening in South Africa and many other places across the world where we all watched the live stream of what was unpacked at Samsung Unpacked. Obviously, the Galaxy Note 9 is one of them. But I'm not going to steal his thunder. We're going to be talking to Justin at 20 past 11, so stay tuned. Lots of interesting stuff coming, lots of new products from Samsung, and some really interesting gizmos and gadgets. But before we get to that, the news of the week, as usual, lots and lots of things happening. Although August is European summer, everyone's on the beach. Apparently, they're having the hottest summer on record. So it's all wonderful there, unless you live in a place with no air conditioning. But that's a whole nother story. But... There is some news, and one of the things that we've been talking about the last couple of weeks is DSTV. First of all, there was a whole furore around DSTV wanting to have regulation of Netflix because they believe Netflix is eating their lunch, which to some extent is true. Streaming globally, streaming of video globally, be it YouTube, be it Netflix, be it whatever, there are so many options or so many ways to watch videos, even if you simply do it through Facebook. People are watching more and more video. A couple of years ago, Cisco predicted that this would come to pass, and so far they have been spot on. Cisco are the people that do the plumbing for the Internet. They are the Internet tech plumbers. Every router, every connectivity option, every little machine pretty much 
to connect one computer to another computer to make the Internet work is run by a company called Cisco. And they really predicted that 80 to 90 percent of the traffic on the Internet will be video. And it seems to be that way. It's just so convenient. Why would you want to wait for your TV program to come on at 8 o'clock at night on a Tuesday when you can simply watch it whenever you want, wherever you want, and on whatever platform you like? But DSTV have realized there's nothing better than watching on the big screen. Now, I'm not talking about a movie house big screen. I'm talking about the home big screen. And screens have been getting bigger. They're 50 inches. That seems to be the most common one now. Um, and upwards, 65, 75, and high definition, even in fact beyond <clears throat> high definition in many respects. So MultiChoice have joined the team. In fact, in 2013, they they announced um, a service called DSTV Now, but it was mainly aimed at mobile devices. So it was aimed for people who were traveling, wanted to watch some sport on their iPad or catch up on the latest soapy, etc., etc. But what they've realized is that in this world of streaming, people want to watch on the big TV. They want to watch on demand. They want to catch up when they want to catch up. And the other thing is the decoder itself has become a bit of a problem. One, it's got to be installed. It needs a satellite dish. You've got to learn how to use it. And a lot of people are not interested. They've either got a TV in their house, which is not connected to any form of satellite. They simply use Internet streaming services such as Netflix and now DSTV Now. I'll get there in one second, this whole roundabout story. But simply put, DSTV Now have launched a whole lot of apps. Well, well, it's only three apps, but for a whole lot of different products. They've released these apps, which is the same as the Netflix apps, for Apple TV, so if you've got an Apple TV, you can now download it, and any media player running Android TV. So in actual fact, they've released the app on Android completely. So the app that runs on Android handsets will now run on any device running Android TV and stream directly. And interestingly enough, pretty much all Samsung Smart TVs. So if you own a Samsung Smart TV and you are a subscriber to DSTV, you don't have to worry about, and you're going on holiday, for example, you don't have to worry about um, taking your smart card with you. If you go down to a holiday home, for example, and there's a Samsung smart TV there, or you, you've got an Apple TV or a media player running Android, um, all you need to do is download the new DSTV Now app. It's available right now, um, and you can enjoy DSTV streamed through the Internet. Now, there's no question you need a decent connection. They recommend 4 megabits per second and above which is ADSL pretty much, and you can get a reasonably good um, experience. I've tried it on uh, a, a Samsung TV using, obviously, fiber, and it works like a bomb. It gives you the whole DSTV experience that you can do all the catch-up, you can watch all sorts of programs, and it's available on demand, on demand. So if you're interested and you don't have a decoder, Oh, what's interesting. It could hopefully, in fact, this is what DSTV are hoping for. They hope that it'll open up a whole new market for people who don't want to have a decoder or pretty mobile people. And um, the only thing they have not done is make a specific DSTV Now package. Right now, DSTV Now follows the package that you have. So if you've got a DSTV Premium package, you get everything, including DSTV Now. If you've got one of the lesser packages, the channels that are available to you on DSTV Now are the same as what's available to you on your decoder. So I just think it's clever, it's smart, it makes logical sense. 
Why would you want to not watch what you want to watch? Now, PVRs do give you some of this ability, but streaming is cleaner, it's simpler, it's a much easier way of, of you know, getting your fix of your local uh, programs. And as I said in my little discussion about which is cheaper, DSTV or Netflix, I think DSTV do an amazing job of curating all the content from all over the world, from all the various um, studios, pretty much far more content that you could ever get or pay for through the streaming services because only Netflix um, and uh, of the international ones, Netflix and Amazon Prime are available in South Africa. And on that note, we'll take a quick break for our sponsors and I'll be back with some more news and interesting stuff. Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose, 11 to 12 p.m., only on 101.9 IFM. Well, welcome back. And Twitter announced that they are launching their Twitter Lite service. Now, interesting, this Twitter was really a big deal. It grew really quickly. And it seemed to have stagnated, and it's become part of um, sort of the background social media. It never really reached the scale or the size of the Facebooks and those guys out there. And, in fact, most younger people I speak to say Twitter. They wouldn't even begin to go on Twitter. And uh, if you speak to people like Helen Zilla and people like that, they maintain Twitter is just troll heaven. It's the place where abuse and trolls live. And it just became a really, really noisy, crazy social media. I find that if you're pretty active in curating who you follow and what you do on Twitter, you can get a really top-notch, breaking news informative stream of stuff and keeps you in, 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 in touch with so many things. The truth is it is very sort of media and tech focused, so I do find that that works really well for me. I get lots of information from it. And what Twitter have announced is that they've got, and for emerging markets and for anyone who's interested in, in the basic Twitter service, so none of the fancy stuff that they've slowly but surely added to their, their product, a Twitter Lite has now been launched in South Africa and 21 other countries. And what it does, it's less than 3 megabytes. So if you've got a phone that's got slightly reduced um, date, well, on on board memory capacity, or if you simply want a clean, fast, and very easy Twitter experience where you simply follow people, follow back, tweet, no massive amounts of video and all the other advanced stuff, you can go to the... Um, the App Store, you can go to the Play Store right now and download, look for Twitter Lite. I've used it. I've, I must say I find very little difference. It's got pretty much everything that I actually use on Twitter, which is a great thing. So it also has been optimized to use around about 40 to 50% less data. So even on poor 2G and 3G networks, I haven't really tried that because wherever I've been, there's been um, 4G. I haven't been out into the more rural areas. I haven't actually tried to switch my phone to 2G or 4G, which I could. But it really does make a lot of sense. It's clean. It's simple. It allows you to follow what you want to follow, tweet what you want to tweet. And if you're into Twitter, this is just a great way to unclutter your phone, cut back on the amount of data it stores and the amount of data that it uses. So good on Twitter. I think they're trying really hard to get things up and running and going. Um, so if you want, just go and get it. Another announcement that came from Samsung, funny enough, looks like today is going to be Samsung Day. Um, and Samsung announced that they have just released their latest Exynos 5G 
chip, which is really, really interesting. Now, we've spoken about 5G on the radio plenty. 5G is the next generation of mobile that's coming really quickly. People were talking 2020, but as of now, middle 2018, there are live, up-and-running commercial um, 5G networks pretty much in all corners of the world. Not everywhere, but America, couple in Europe, couple in the Far East, and one or two significant trials in the Middle East. Africa, unfortunately, not so much. But the, the one interesting thing at the MTN results, their CEO said that 5G, there are no phones available, there's nothing available, so it's down the road. He's not particularly concerned about 5G coming to South Africa. The sad thing is that South Africa has always been on the absolute cutting edge of mobile technology. We were one of the first to get 3G. We were one of the first to really roll out 4G commercially. And it looks like we are not going to miss the 5G boat by a long shot. And in many ways, look, 5G may not change your life. But the simple, simple, simple fact is that 5G as a technology is coming. It's coming fast. And with the launch of the new 5G Exynos 5100 modem, and the modem is the little gizmo that actually connects to all the antenna, all the radios, translates all those signals into what the phone can actually use. And um, that has just been announced and released. And that follows, interestingly, the announcement or the release earlier this year of the Snapdragon uh, X50 5G modem, which also is going to be in phones next year. And another little announcement that came out is that um, in the U.S., Qualcomm and Sprint, not Qualcomm, sorry, LG and Sprint, have actually announced that they are going to bring a fi- the first 5G phone to the market commercially early next year, 2019. So expect to see a huge amount of phones releasing World Mobile Congress 2019 in February this year, I think it's going to be an extremely interesting place. I do believe it's going to be the battleground for all the 5G-enabled smart devices. This year, we're probably not going to see any coming out, certainly not with the, the big announcements out of the way, with one more to go, which is the new um, Apple phone. Chances are it will not have a 5G modem built in. Not that it matters. There are not that many places to connect for now. But from next year, I do believe we're going to see a massive wave of 5G-enabled smart devices that look and feel and behave pretty much like any phone on the market, except that when they do connect to a 5G network, their capacity to stream will be an order of magnitude higher than what we're currently working with now. I mean, most of us are quite happy to get a couple of meg on our phones, and sometimes you're really lucky to get 50 or 60 meg on a phone. Not that it matters much. I mean, it's good enough to watch YouTube videos, good enough for pretty much everything. But 5G, as we've discussed, is going to change so many things going forward. And it's just really interesting that the big chip manufacturers, and a little-known fact, Samsung is one of the biggest chip manufacturers in the world, along with Qualcomm, have got modems and chips ready and waiting for the next generation of phones. And they're probably being trialed as we speak right now. And before we get to Tech Talk Cafe, which is coming in a few minutes, just wanted to add for all you guys who've got uh, the three term schools that are on holiday right now. Um, the Santon Ice Store and a company called Think Ahead are hosting a coding camp for kids. So if they're on holiday, if they're sitting around doing nothing pretty constructive, and you're thinking of 
and they've got the, even the vaguest interest in computers, and even if they don't, I just think it's such a cool space to be in, to learn how to code. And um, they've launched these coding camps, and they're going to be held at the Santon iStore space called Future Space. And it's built as the classroom of the future. These classrooms are aimed at computer programming and the thinking that surrounds computing. They call it computational thinking. I don't even know if that's a word. But there are three distinct groups, and it's targeted at different levels and capabilities, grade 1 to 3, grade 4 to 7, and grade 8 to 10. And the classes have started this week from the 13th to the 31st of August, and they're really, really reasonable, from 350 to 700 rand, depending on the hours. So if you're interested... Um, all you have to do is call the iStore or email codespace at thinkahead.co.za. That's codespace at thinkahead.co.za. And send your, send your kids off to a coding. They're really amazing experiences there. I've seen their little classrooms. It's pretty impressive. So if you want to teach your kids some skills that will really be real in the 5G world that's emerging, this just might be the thing. Remember, it's the Santa and I store. You can call them or a company called Future Space. You can just Google them and go through to their website, contact them, and perhaps get your kids way ahead of their friends before they get back to school for the last part of 2018. On that note, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with TikTok Cafe. From talk to music, from Johannesburg to Israel, from sport to business, this is 101.9 High FM. Hey, Joe Berg. It's Yaakov Shweki. I can't believe it's already four whole years since my last show in your beautiful city. I'm really excited to be coming back and look very much forward to performing as well, to be sharing songs from the latest two albums. So make sure to be a Carnival City, Tuesday, August 28th. We're going to rock the city. Very much looking forward to seeing you all there. High FM Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose. Stephen Ambrose. Well, good morning again and welcome back to Tech Talk. And now we are in our little segment called Tech Talk Cafe where I have conversations with some of the most interesting people in tech. And speaking of which, we have on the line a certain gent by the name of Justin Hume. Justin, are you with us? Oh, Justin's supposed to be with us, but uh, surely was here, but somehow he's not here. Hi, Justin. Can you hear me? All right, we'll try to get Justin back on the line in two seconds, the wonder of technology. But um, essentially, Justin Hume is the marketing manager of Samsung South Africa, and he helped present an event last Thursday evening called Samsung Unpacked. Now, Samsung Unpacked is Samsung's way of introducing new technology to the universe, <laughs> to all of us in the world. And it was held in New York City, as it always is at this time of the year. And on the 9th of August, they announced the new Note 9. More about that later. It's uh, quite the beast as far as smartphones go. But apart from that, there was a whole range of other products and services that were announced at the Unpacked event. And uh, they live-streamed it to all of us here in Johannesburg. And we were sitting there watching this whole thing with Justin. And it'll be just really interesting if he's on the line. Justin, are you joining us? Somehow we are definitely not getting these technical things done. But anyway, just to set the scene, Unpacked, as I said, is the sort of way that Samsung announces all the new stuff and all the new bits and pieces and um, 
ways of getting all their new technology to the market. And, of course, they announced the Galaxy Note uh, 9, which is their latest smartphone. And I can hear our poor guy is trying his best to get Justin back on the line. But what they announced was a lot more than simply a brand-new smartphone. There were a couple of other amazing products that were announced. And this is something that I actually wanted to discuss with uh, Justin. Samsung have been doing uh, the, the the watch have been doing watches and wearables for quite a while now, but what they announced was the very first um, Galaxy Watch itself. They've always been under the Gear sort of brand, but they announced for the first time a brand new Galaxy Watch. And hold your horses, the Galaxy Watch is coming to South Africa in November, and it's going to have potentially. In fact, another Samsung first. Potentially, they're going to have LTE built in. There's no confirmation of that, but it'll be really cool to finally have a smartwatch that can work without a smartphone. So that would be very interesting. Um, I'm just going to check if Justin's on the line with us. Hi, Justin. Can you hear me? Definitely not winning. Um, Craig, ask Justin to see if he can maybe come through on Skype. Maybe that'll work. I don't know if he can, if he's got Skype on his phone, but it's worth a shot. Anyway, back to uh, Samsung Unpacked, and uh, as soon as we can, we'll bring you Justin uh, on the line. But the Galaxy Watch is something that I believe has been coming for a long time. The branding was a little bit calling it gear and trying to get the whole thing working through, you know, a different brand maybe was not the smartest thing. But the new Galaxy Watch really looks pretty pretty slick it's an evolution it, it runs the um the the standard sort of samsung watch os but it has lt involved uh, it built in so you won't need a um you won't need a cell phone to make it work and samsung say that it'll it has support for more than 30 carriers in over 15 countries and the word is that it is going to be available in south africa sometimes in november they also announced that this particular watch has up to four days battery life, which is a major pain for most smartphone people. In other words, every night you get home, you take your smartwatch off, you plug it onto a charger. Well, I've been wearing a, a Fitbit, which has four day, a Fitbit watch, which has four day battery life. And it's an absolute pleasure. I actually forget to charge it. And then suddenly it warns me it needs a charge. You plug it on for an hour, fully charged, and off you go. You can sleep with it. It's light. It's easy. So I think the new, um, Samsung Galaxy Watch is going to be a really, really, really interesting product that will be available sometime in November, according to Samsung. The next thing that they announced was some Bigsby improvements. My personal experience with Bigsby has been very mixed, sometimes really smart, sometimes really dumb. But that's not particularly an indictment of Bigsby itself. Bigsby is Samsung's voice assistant, pretty much like Siri on an iPhone and Google Assistant on an Android phone, and that little-known thing on your Windows 10 thing called Cortana. Sam, Apple, uh, Microsoft are really trying hard to bring Cortana back from the sort of history of technology, not working so well. But anyway, Bigsby, which is available on all of the new Samsung phones, has been improved pretty considerably. Tried it on the new Note 9. Um, it's still in beta on the 9 warns you, but it seems to be a lot better at recognizing voices, it seems to be a lot faster at coming back with information, and it seems to be a lot more contextual in terms of how it works, so expect to see a big leap forward in Bixby. But where Bixby starts coming into its own was the next announcement, um, and Samsung are pretty much one of the last ones to get into this. Apple did it a while back, 
uh, Amazon have been the, the boys in this space with Alexa. I forgot to mention Alexa, probably the biggest voice assistant right now. Alexa and Alexa Home and all the gaz- gizmos and gadgets that go around Alexa are dominating. They are the biggest in the market right now. But what Samsung announced was the Galaxy Home speaker. It looks really cool. It's built with, um, with amazing technology like sound steer, they call it. So wherever you are, it focuses the sound on you. It's been designed in conjunction with their latest, um, sort of acquisitions, which is the Sennheiser, uh, people as well as the, the technologies that have come from the acquisition of the Harman Group. So theoretically, we didn't hear it. We only saw it on the TV. They don't have them in the country yet. But, it, and it's still very beta, it has not been announced, but it becomes a part of the whole Smart Things brand, part of the whole home thing. And the voice recognition engine, the way it works, is using, as I said, interestingly enough, Bigsby. So Bigsby will come to Galaxy Home. Oops, Bigsby on my Note 9 is busy trying to listen to me which is not very cool, but there we go. It just shows you, and it's busy taking this dictation. It's pretty pretty smart, and it's doing it quite well. Anyway, so you can say, hey, Bigsby, sound steer, and the Galaxy Home will optimize the sound for where you are in the room. So as soon as it knows where you are, it'll take all the speakers and focus the sound on where you are in the house. So really interesting. The same thing as part of the whole Smart Things brand is part of a much greater thing, something I really wanted to discuss with Justin, which unfortunately <laughs> is not seeming to be possible right now. But essentially, Smart Things is one of the key new f- – well, it's not so new. It's been around a little while. But it's one of the features on the Note 9 and on the on the Galaxy S9. And what Smart Things does, it pulls together all the smart connected devices in your home and in some cases in your business. So if you have, for example, in your home, a fridge, a freezer, a microwave, any other gadget, a TV right now, a TV, home speakers, um, even in America, Samsung have launched a whole new range of uh, Wi-Fi gizmos and gadgets, a Wi-Fi networking setup all connect to smart things, and then it all becomes controllable and manageable from your smartphone wherever you are in the world. So theoretically what you can do, and this actually works right now, is switch on your air conditioner on your way home. Or you can set it to do it when your when your phone leaves the office, so you don't even have to switch it on in any event. It automatically comes on. It knows you're going to be home in 40 minutes. 20 minutes before you arrive, it switches on your Air conditioner warms up the house or cools down the house, whichever way it works. Also, starts your TV as you walk in, things like that. So the smart home is definitely becoming more and more of a, a thing. And one of the things that Justin informed me at, at the Unpacked event was that by 2020, all new Samsung devices Home devices, fridges, washing machines, tumble dryers, air conditioners, microwaves, you name it, will be connected. So don't even begin to think about not having Wi-Fi in the home. You will be connecting absolutely everything, which way, whatever way you want to go, to this, to, to a hub, the SmartThings hub run by Samsung. And that, in a way, I think was probably the biggest, um, Biggest announcement of the whole evening. Simply put, that 
the smartphones today have really become so generic in many respects. Yes, they've got all got the greatest um, processors. They've got bigger screens. They've got really fast modems. They can play games better than ever. They can store tons and tons of music more than ever before. All of those things have sort of become a little bit, and now, what next? And there are a lot of good phones out there. It's really hard to pick a phone that you absolutely must have. But when you start factoring that's factoring the simple fact that Samsung make a vast, vast, vast range of consumer electronics and not only consumer but business electronics, they simply generate massive amounts of tech that everyone lands up using at any point in time. And when that's all connected together using the SmartThings hub, all controlled via your smart device, and SmartThings will 99.9% not come to any other device other than Samsung, um, the same as HomeKit on, a, on an Apple device, you will find that even though they will interact with other people's, like at my house, it picked up my camera, it picked up uh, my TV, it picked up, and they're not Samsung's, it picked up speakers, it picked up a whole host of smart devices, connected devices, and allowed me to interact with them through the SmartThings Hub or the SmartThings app for want of a better word. When that all comes together, I think that the smartphone, and certainly for Samsung, they're trying to make sure that their smartphone becomes the controller of your business, controller of your life, and controller of everything that you do in in regard to what you get up to. And obviously, the star of the show, we may even have Samsung on the line before I get to the star of the show. <laughs> Let's see if we're winning. Poor Craig's working like a demon to get the tech working. Justin, are you with us? Stephen, I can hear you loud and clear now. Wow, wow. Just We need a few smart things, I think. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nobody's well, not using a competitor product, eh? No, no, no. We're talking about smart things. Good, good. No, which good. is, it does come from Samsung, doesn't it? There we go, yes. Anyway, I've introduced you. I've already given a, a, a lovely overview of what the whole Unpacked uh, event was about. We discussed the speaker. We discussed the new Galaxy Watch. Um, I chatted a little bit about how I believe the star of the show was the whole smart things element. And remember, we discussed the whole thing about how by 2020, all Samsung devices are going to be connected. So smart things as pulling this all together and as part of the whole strategy of Samsung is quite a significant play in the connected home and in the connected world that we live in. Correct. It's it's the way that we believe the future is going. So, you know, I think historically you've had to make your tech really work for you uh, in terms of trying to have an interconnected world, uh, different applications, different setups, hubs in your home and, and the like. Uh, smart things is really just an all-encompassing environment that interlinks uh, not only a multitude of Samsung products, but uh, over a thousand two hundred different brands and product items out there. So everything from locks to uh, electric light bulbs to our air conditioners, uh, refrigerators, and the like. And really, it lets any, any one of those devices become the, the platform or the operating environment from which you wish to command the rest of your. Your, your ecosystem. So in this case here with the Note 9 that we were talking about, that is the hub. And, you know, today I'm in a position where I can control my washing machine, understand the spin cycle and everything from my mobile phone. But <laughs> An absolute must for every man today. 
A hundred percent. I was trying to pick something that, uh, <laughs> that uh, was, was quite. Uh, no, yeah, but no, seriously, but seriously, um, it does make a difference. Hopefully, yeah. we get smart meters where you get discounts for using electricity outside of, um, like many countries around the world. You you actually get off-peak power sort of rebates. So if you can use your smart things hub to set your washing machine or your dishwasher or whatever to use to work in those hours where it costs you less, it's a no-brainer. It just, if it's simple and easy, why would people not do that? 100%. So I think you're touching on a very important point is that the interoperability or the connectedness between the different products, that, that's that's the, the easy tech part here. But now you overlay that with artificial intelligence. And for, for Samsung, we've got our Bigsby engine. But these are deep learning engines, deep learning algorithms that will start to understand that, hey, um, energy saving is more efficient at this uh, period of time during the day. Let's run and make suggestions to the, the homeowner that this is the optimal time to run. Uh, let's start making suggestions as to the TV content um, that is available to, to watch based upon learning your behavior, learning uh, what it is that you like to do, how you like to do things, when and you like when, to do things. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think this is where it becomes hugely beneficial. And, um, you know, it, it becomes a seamless engagement through your life. And, again, it's not about how I engage with my smartphone or how I engage with my TV, but irrespective of the platform product that I'm engaging on, there's a connectedness that drives that uh, that learning. And the secret sauce in all this is the combination of Bigsby, which is your AI voice assistant, and the whole SmartThings platform. Because, yes, there's an app on the phone, uh, but it's more than just an app. It's a whole operating system for how all these various things talk to each other and connect. Correct. And, uh, again, it's got to be simple. So that application is um, I don't have to go through a lengthy setup process. Literally, when I walk into into a room and I, I hit my SmartThings application, it immediately identifies what are the connected products in this room, what I have access to, which ones do I need to ask permission to if, if that's so required. But it's, it's seamless. It's, it's effortless in that regard. So um, we're going to see more and more from – Samsung and the, the connected smart things type environment as we go forward. I mean, for example, will it add a lot of cost to the average uh, appliance that you buy, or is it simply going to become part of, of what they are? So uh, right now it is in, found in our more um, premium or high-end products, but our view of Samsung is that by 2020, so really 18 months away, we will have 100% uh, interoperability between all our products. Uh, that's how, how included we want it to be. So whether you're talking about our top-of-the-range refrigerator or our mid-tier smartphone, um, it, it, will be, it will be available in those Yes, products. standard sort of feature. In fact, we'll all right. just take it for granted that you can check what's in the fridge without having to be home through a smart and device or through your computer, wherever you are. So, I mean, and there again is the beauty. So right now we have a refrigerator that, yes, has got a built-in uh, touchpad, uh, screen, and the like, but inside that refrigerator is a small camera and the camera lets you you know I'm you can't even hide in the fridge anymore sorry what's that you can't even hide in the fridge anymore it can we can no, find you, you. It's, uh, 
100%. And uh, pretty soon it's going to be able to tell you exactly what the content of that refrigerator is without you even having to look. So uh, gone are the days of sneaking in those chocolates behind the, the milk. And oh, absolutely. As soon as you put that lunch bar into the fridge, it'll warn you that you've got one lunch bar. So if the kids take it, you know who opened the fridge and who took your lunch bar. I like that. Well, Darren, we've got to add some security layer, I think. Uh, <laughs> Now, before, unfortunately, we're going to have to take a quick break for, because we started this late and our technology didn't allow us to chat earlier. I'm going to include you in, in, in the Samsung Galaxy Note review that comes as part of my gadget of the week in the next 10 minutes, but we have to take a quick break for our sponsors. So if you'll just stay on the line, Justin, and then we can chat a little bit about the star of the show, um, on Thursday night. And that was the Galaxy or is the Galaxy Note 9, which is Samsung's latest and greatest. So stay tuned. We'll be back straight after this. Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose, 11 to 12 p.m., only on 101.9 IFM. Well, well, it's now switching to my favorite part of the show, as everyone knows, gizmos and gadgets. And in my hand right here is a lovely blue-colored Galaxy Note 9. So tell us about the... The Note 9, in, in your view, Justin, I realize that you, you know, you're a proponent of Samsung, but give us a little bit of insight into what went into the thinking behind the latest Galaxy Note from Samsung. So my completely unbiased view oh, on totally. that is that the game totally. changer product. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, so the, the Note 9 is a, is an absolute favorite and, uh, I genuinely mean it when we say it is a, is a game changer. And, and there's three sort of core pillars that I, I talk about there. So, first of all, um, in that blue phone, what you'd find is that we've got a, uh, a lovely yellow gold uh, S Pen that comes with, with the Note 9. And, and the S Pen has become the signature feature of the Note series. Correct. And really, it's it's started out as a writing instrument on our screen and just making it a little bit more practical. But today, it's evolved to uh, a Bluetooth remote in that okay. regard. And what it means is that. I can control elements of my phone from the, the, the S Pen, the button on the S Pen. So as by way of example, if I'm wanting to take a photograph and I, I set up my phone on the tripod, uh, let's assume it's myself, my wife, instead of having to do a selfie where, you know, it's a typical shot where we stand together and it's long nice arm syndrome. Stretched up arm, yeah. And we're out there. Now I simply put the phone down, got, stand on the, uh, on the tripod or against some other stand that I've got there, uh, set the image and a walk back, we pose together and I push the button on the S Pen and it sets off the, off the camera and instantly like that. I can then scroll through my gallery by simply, uh, clicking the pen once it goes forward. If I double click it, it takes me back through the images, but it's not just around the, the pictures that I can do this. When I'm using in X mode, and I'll come to that a little bit later, but I'm, I'm able to present a PowerPoint presentation, for example, on the office screen here, uh, I can control the movement of the slides uh, by one click, takes a slide forward, two clicks, takes it back. Um, and I could set the same thing for my music playlist and the like. So the Bluetooth um, connectivity with the S Pen is um, a phenomenal feature. It's quite a significant it change for something that was just simply a pen that you used to write on the screen. Correct. And we haven't done away with that. So the, the pen, uh, the pressure sensitivity is improved. It now feels really like you're writing on a piece of paper. Well, it's I discovered something really amazing. 
I was busy scratching away on the on on the phone and in a quite a quiet environment. And the next thing I heard this like little soft shushing noise as if I was writing on paper. And I put my ear to the phone and it was the phone while I was writing on it, making a noise like I was writing on paper, which is pretty cool. So we try and give you that sensory experience <laughs> that you're familiar with, right? Well, it so, was amazing. So often when you write on a, on a piece of glass, on an electronic product, it, it feels different. It feels a little bit awkward. Whereas, you know, we've made it tactically feel like you're writing with a pen. And from an audio perspective, the same thing. So, um, yes, it's just, uh, it really is to make sure that it's a complete immersion of the product. Well, I think, um, and, and then beyond the, the S Pen, unfortunately, we are running a little out of time, so we have to sort of get to the other major features. So what do you, what do you believe that the standout features are, are of the Note 9 are, you know, currently? So if I jump into the features, I mm. think... Um, Apparently, we've increased the, the battery life significantly. Um, so we talk about an all-day battery. Your phone should not let you down. You well, so it, far, so good, I must tell you. I get wait. through till 12 at night pretty easily. Easily, 100%. So, and that's not just about battery size. That's about optimization of the processes and the like. But talking about that, the other thing that you don't want to do is you don't want to, when you're taking those beautiful pictures and like, keep having to delete because you've run out of storage. So our ah. standard uh, is a 128 gigabyte uh, onboard memory with a, uh, an external um, SD card that is capable of taking up to a further one terabyte uh, memory card. So uh, all in all, when that comes out, over a terabyte of space that you can utilize. Which is ridiculous. I mean, the average laptop computer hardly has a terabyte of, of storage these days. It doesn't even get there. So if you compare the RAM, if you compare the uh, the storage in that, this is more powerful than the PC that you can buy. And you've also and made some massive improvements to the screen. I mean, uh, this, without question, is the best quality screen I've ever seen on a mobile device. Give us a little insight into that. So we, we pride ourselves on that. That's a, a super AMOLED display. It is crystal clear imagery on there. The picture resolution makes sure that you receive the movie files that you're watching, um, that you're downloading, whatever. It, the way that the, the cinema um, or the way that the movie producer and director intended it to be. So, um, you, you know, and particularly when it comes to, to gaming, uh, you don't want to lose any of the resolution. You don't want to have any of the lag that is typically associated with uh, smartphone gaming. Because of the, the processing power that we created, the optimization of how we're able to allocate the processes, particularly when doing heavy lifting, like in gaming or uh, watching video, uh, we can assign full power to the screen and to the um the, the motion sensors there and just give you the most immersive experience that is possible on a mobile phone. And before we, we close off, the last thing that I've been, this phone has also always been focused very much on the business man, on someone who really needs a productive device that's Correct. a little bit more than simply just a, a phone. And built in, Samsung introduced, I'll just give a little bit of background, Samsung introduced something called DeX. I think it was last year. Now, DeX was a little module that you plugged your phone into, and it's allowed you to get a virtual sort of computer environment powered by your phone on a big screen pretty much anywhere. Now, Samsung have now built that DeX right into um, the Note 9. You don't need a separate adapter anymore. Is that correct? Correct. So literally, you, uh, the only adapter you need is for your um, monitor's HDMI cable to come into the phone, uh, and that's supplied with our welcome pack that, we, that we're doing in the pre-order phase. But um, 
literally the phone then connects to your, your monitor or to your TV through, through that uh, HDMI cable, and we're able to create a virtual PC, or well, we're able to create a PC desktop environment. You can then Nothing use your virtual phone. about it. It's a real PC environment. Oh, it's a real PC environment. And you're then able to use your phone as a, a mouse trackpad. You can use it to tap away on, to, uh, to control the, the monitor. And on top of that, you can actually do two different things at the same time. So it, you don't have to replicate what's on your phone onto the, the PC screen. You can you can use your you phone actually, to do one thing. Well, interestingly enough, I tried it this week. I went and did a quick presentation using a PowerPoint presentation, and I used my phone. Didn't have even take my computer out of my bag. So Dex actually yeah. works. It's really slick and fast. So I think um, that is where, again, it is completely seamless. You're able to take the, the PC in your pocket idea. Uh, you, you really you can edit on the phone, but more importantly, you can display from the phone onto almost any um, large format monitor that's out there in any of the corporate boardrooms that you find. Well, listen, Justin, thank you so much. Unfortunately, we've completely run out of time. Um, just a shameless plug. If you want to see my full review of the Galaxy Note 9, you can go to be brief, BB. R-I-E-F dot dot Z-A, and right there is my full detailed review of the new Samsung Galaxy Note 9. And in summary, it's available when? So it's available from the 24th, so that's uh, next week Friday. Perfect. And all pre-orders and everything are available right now if you should so want to get your hands on one by next Friday. Correct. So that's running in place, and uh, for... All those customers who pre-order or purchase within the first month, there's a welcome pack that we're introducing you to Note 9 with, which includes a tripod, that HDMI cable that I spoke about earlier on, and a wireless charger. Brilliant. Well, thanks so much for joining us on the show, and I'm sure we'll Thank hear you. more about what Samsung is up to in the next little while. with Stephen Ambrose. Stephen Ambrose. Well, welcome back. And apparently we've got a gentleman by the name of Andrew on the line who wants to speak to me. I'm not sure about what, but uh, Andrew, hi. Oh, dear. I think our phone stuff is not working terribly well. (laughs) No, I'm afraid not. Andrew's not there. So we'll have to just wrap up my um, review of the Galaxy Note 9. The simple fact is that high-end, expensive smartphones, well, number one, they become increasingly expensive, and, and unbelievably powerful. The average high-end smartphone today has more power and more capability than a laptop of two, three years ago, which is quite, quite, quite incredible. And the Note 9, as um, um, Justin said, can, can actually store up to one terabyte of data. It comes with, with somewhere between 6 gig and 8 gig of RAM. Again, not many computers out there that have that sort of power. And the processor is capable of running a massive screen, your TV in fact, and operate like a full-time computer. All the apps, everything that you want, run on it exactly as before. So the phone, I must say, I've been super impressed. It's big. It's 6.4 inches, probably the biggest phone that Samsung have released. And um, it's available next Friday at 18999. I'm sure that all the networks are going to do pretty good packages. And now we've got dogs barking online. How's that for technology? So that's my wrap-up of the um, Samsung Galaxy Note 9. I've been playing with it for a week and super impressed. And now we've got Andrew on the line, who apparently has dogs. 
<laughs> I think we're going to have to leave Andrew. He can give me a call during the week, and I'll record a, record his comments. They're obviously very important that he wanted to phone in. Now, before we close out for the day, I just the one thing that I was a little disappointed because nines, you know, would have. All the nines would have lined up. Everything would have been really cool. The Galaxy Note 9 was launched on the 9th day of August 2018. And what was also launched pretty much not at the same time was the latest version of Android, version Android 9. And it's been called Pi. don't know which Pi, but it's Pi nonetheless. And, And Android 9 introduces a whole host of, I think, some pretty significant improvements to the Android operating system. As a matter of interest, the Galaxy Note series uses um, uses Android 9, uh, or uses Android 8, it comes with Android 8.1, and will be upgradable to 9 sometime in the next, hopefully, next couple of months. But what Android 9 does, and what makes it really um, a lot, a big advance on Android 8, which is currently running, is it gives an adaptive battery and adaptive brightness using, I hate this word AI, everyone's using AI, but it uses smart machine algorithms to optimize your phone for maximum battery life and the most appropriate brightness. Something that, funny enough, I must say, the the Samsung phone does amazingly well. You leave it on adaptive, it it's always in bright sunlight, it's super bright, in dark rooms, it's perfectly appropriate, but that's now going to become part of the operating system and probably be a lot more efficient. They also introduce something that they call slices. Now, what slices does, and this is really, really, really smart, when you go into a Google search and you type in Uber, what the slice will do, if you have the Uber app on your phone, it will show you the prices for your ride home, the ETA for the driver, without actually having to go into the app itself. So right there in your search, you'll get all the information you need. You can order an Uber. You can do whatever you want to do without actually opening the Uber app, which is really, really, really smart. And then the last sort of major thing, there's a lot of under-the-skin under the type things going on, a lot of changes and improvements to the overall operating system. But finally, what Android have done, and many are going to say they copied uh, our dear friends at uh, Apple in this regard, they're offering, they are bringing in the whole host of gestures for systems navigation. So just like on on the iPhone X, you will now be able to swipe up to open, um, you can swipe up from anywhere to see full screen previews of recently used apps, um, or you can simply tap to jump back into one of them, and a whole lot of the home button will become a lot less powerful, or well, not less powerful, a lot less needed because you'll be able to use swipes and taps in the operating system. And that would have been on a screen as big as the Galaxy Note 9. That would have been an absolute winner because you don't have to move your hand around to get to things. You can simply swipe and, st- and tap. So on that note, look, for, look out for uh, Android Pi, Android 9 Pi, coming to your smartphone in the nearest future. Um, Samsung have announced that it will be available across all their top-end models in the next couple of months. LG have announced the same, um, and all the other manufacturers are going to be doing so very, very, very soon. Expect to see it. It's on the Pixel phone, but we don't get that in South Africa, and a couple of other sort of um, phones that we don't get, like HTCs, also not available in South Africa. But in the Android space, both Huawei and Samsung and the other guys have announced that they will be moving their top-end phones 
to Android Pie very shortly. And on that note, I'm going to have to call it a day. I'm afraid our time has run out. So till next week, same place, same time, right here on High FM. This is Stephen Ambrose for Tech Talk.